0: Do something with me, Lloyd. It's an exercise I like to do sometimes. We'll just take a minute and think about all the people who loved us into being.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Lone Acting Nominees Podcast, a show where I'm joined each week by a guest to discuss a movie that only received one Oscar nomination, that being for one of its performances. We'll talk about the performance in question, the movie as a whole, and its place in the Oscar race, among other things. I'm Gordon McNulty, and this week I am joined by Carlos Arrieta to discuss Tom Hanks' Oscar nominated performance in the 2019 film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Carlos, good to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, so tell me a little bit about why you picked uh, this movie. Why? Why this? What drew you to it as a potential?
0: Well, ever since the beautiful day in the neighborhood like trailer and like all the talk about it started coming out, I I wanted to because I I've never been like a uh, Mr. Rogers person. I didn't watch it growing up. I'm from Columbia, so we didn't have him here and i was very interested by it but i also wanted to watch the documentary won't you be my neighbor first in order to like okay like doing my homework as to like okay yeah. who is this mr rogers character so that when i do watch uh won't you be, uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood it'll actually hit me because i'll know who he is now and that documentary like changed me like as a person because yeah. As someone with, like, five younger siblings, I grew up very distanced from them. I wasn't, very, like, really into, like, kids and, like, their feelings and whatever. But after that documentary, it, like, completely changed my, like, I started seeing shit through, like, Mr. Rogers's eyes. And I was, like, oh, kids are human beings with, like, emotions and, like, you can actually get to them and stuff. And that, it like, it changed me. It started making me actually care about my siblings and actually, like, just doing stuff for them emotionally and mentally and, you know, being there for them. And, like, it actually, like, because of that movie, because of Mr. Rogers, basically, even though I never watched his show, just watching a documentary of him made me appreciate the the mind of a child so much more and and i liked the beautiful day in the neighborhood and not as much as the documentary but it was it was great yeah and it, and it was insane to me how hanks was like he managed to capture the like the disarming nature and the tenderness and the like you didn't feel, like because you're all because tom hanks gets accused of you know being very one note and being oh he just plays himself in every movie but when i watched a beautiful day and neighborhood, i was just like this is mr rogers i don't know how the hell he's doing
1: this yeah yeah i think disarming is like the perfect way to describe it uh the performance and also like mr rogers the person yeah Yeah. like uh did you end up reading the article that this was based on no i i I read that today it's it's worth a read it's really fascinating because like there's certain moments from the article that do get put into this movie or sort of repurposed for this movie that like yeah, he's he's just like a disarmingly pure figure, and I, I like I I did grow up on Mister Rogers. My mom was like a huge fan of his show. She like nice. uh, uh worked with teaching to some degree, uh uh so like, and, and like teaching children like younger children. So like she. Yeah. He, he's like a, a, role he, he's a role model. He's a role model to so he's many still people a blueprint, like yes absolutely <laughs> if you get like
0: a kid. That's how you do it. Like, yes,
1: it, it, like, truly. And I really like the way that this movie uh, i I think it's important that this movie is not a uh, like a traditional biopic about him. it It falls into that sort of subcategory of true life stories or like movies about real people that have them as like a secondary character where there's a a perspective figure that's a maybe based on a real person maybe an amalgam of real people uh and you kind of have to have that for a movie like this because like like he's Mr. Rogers a, is he's he's such a dynamic figure life, but like, he's he's yeah. a figure that like you you have to come at him from the perspective of an outsider because it's so hard to get into the mind Of a person like that. And I think this movie does a really good job of doing that. And I'm very excited to be talking about it. So we are talking about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood from 2019, directed by Marielle Heller, written by uh Mitch. What does that say? Fitzerman Blue, I think. Uh I I could be reading my handwriting wrong. Uh or Micah. Micah Micah
0: Micah Fitzerman Blue, yeah.
1: Micah Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harpster. Based on the uh, 1998 Esquire article, Can You Say Hero? by Tom Junod. Janod, I don't know how his last name is pronounced either. The movie stars Matthew Rhys, Tom Hanks, Susan Kalechi Watson, Chris Cooper, Marianne Plunkett, Enrico Colantoni, Wendy McKenna, Tammy Blanchard, Noah Harpster, and Christine Lottie. It premiered September 7th, 2019 at the Toronto International Film Festival and then opened in the U.S. on November 22nd of that same year. It was a Thanksgiving weekend uh, release, uh, opened alongside like Frozen 2 and uh, 21 Bridges and Ford v Ferrari. And like I think Knives Out had come out the week before. It was a very interesting Thanksgiving week. Uh, I saw at least a few of those in the theater. Uh, yeah it's... i
0: i went out of my way to like go to a Dolby theater to watch 4v ferrari and i remember and i remember eventually watching frozen 2 because i wanted to i was doing A list at the time and i was and i would just go like a- on a saturday and yeah. knock all three of them out on the same yeah. day
1: i don't and think i day ever day. actually ended up getting around to frozen 2 it's cool uh, a lot of people don't like it but I, I liked it more than the
0: first one but that's me i'm not into i'm not a musical disney musical guy so yeah yeah that's i funny. heard
1: good things I, I just uh i mean 2019 is a, was a really good year for movies it was, and it was like backloaded too there was a lot <laughs> in like november december that i just yes. didn't yes. have time for all of specifically them
0: specifically but... because i was doing amca list and it was such a stacked like back heavy year i actually missed uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh in theaters i wanted to watch it in theaters uh, just like i did with 40 ferrari and frozen two eventually yeah but um there was just so much stuff so much that ever came, came out around november yeah late november i'm like when i watched uh like at astra joker uh yeah was uh, the Shining joker I, th- I think joker thing, yeah joker was like early close.
1: november but it was still like i, I looked up coming. the box office weekend that this opened and i think joker in its like third week still did better than the opening for uh, a yeah. beautiful day in the neighborhood. That was like, yeah, a... and then the
0: lighthouse in Parasite as well. Yeah. Those came out yeah. as well. That was like a historic like month for me. Like, yeah, I watched all of those. And yeah. That really was...
1: good. Really good. Yeah. Uh, just like, and such a variety of movies too. Yeah. Like knives out and Ford v Ferrari and, yeah, this that and frozen to yeah. all in theaters at the same time. Good, good month, good, good year for movies in general, but like it was, especially the back
0: in my opinion, because I only watched like new movies, yeah, not an old movie guy like at all. 2019 was the best one, specifically. I mean, if you look at like my top 20, top 10 of like the decade of like the 2010s, which is my favorite one because it's the one I've like watched the most things out of, (laughs) yeah, like half of it is 2019.
1: It's such a good, such a good year, and like. You can see why a movie like this, which is, I mean, this is a very good movie. It's a very it's good like there's gonna. so much of it is is so interesting and unexpected. And like I, I think unexpected in a way that like I didn't quite get it the first time I watched it, but revisiting now, like so much more more of this movie works for me. I think um, you can see why a movie like this doesn't quite latch on when you have stuff like Parasite and The Irishman and Little Women and Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood. It's just a marriage to, story.
0: So many movies. Since I had only three a week with the MCA list, I had to tr- pick and choose which ones I would watch. And every time I'd be like, okay, I want to watch The Beautiful the Neighborhood, but I want to watch Will You Be My Neighbor first. Yeah. So I I got to I gotta do that before I watch. So I would just pick these other three. And by the time I got around to it, it was already out. So I had to wait until yeah. it came out and and streaming and stuff
1: yeah uh so let's talk about the nominated performance here let's talk about tom hanks as fred rogers uh very good performance from hanks like you said this is kind of in an era where yeah he became him yeah he really does but like in a way that like he's not just doing an impression if you look at clips of the actual fred rogers and then tom hanks he doesn't really sound like him at all in terms of like like trying to get the voice right he he's yeah, doing then, yeah. like a, a sort of mid-western Something. accent and it, but and he's he can not here the
0: hanks in there still yes yeah because yeah, i because like i said today i watched uh, green mile and um i watched cloud atlas the other day as well and i watched what was the other one oh elvis he does crazy accents and <laughs> all yeah. those yeah this, so he so like technically he can do access, but with this one he didn't really try to emulate rogers because he was trying to just like more like like
1: he gets the like, vocal patterns it, it, it's the yeah. the very soft and tender and yeah. and paced way of and, talking like yeah, the, the, the movie opens stepping into his shoes, kind of thing like, i mean literally ste- like putting first, his shoes on yeah, putting, putting shoes, on the loafers yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but like the movie opens with the, the sort of there's like the framing device of this pseudo episode of the show where he, he's opening the picture board and talking about his friend Lloyd and the troubles that he's going through. Uh, And he does a very good job of emulating the way that Rogers like spoke on TV.
0: Talk about stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like very calm and very like at a child's pace in a way that like he, he yeah. wants them to pay attention and he wants them to really understand what he's saying and, and not just like talk too fast or go over their head. And he does such a good job of like emulating the vibe of a Mr. Rogers episode and the vibe of like hearing him in interviews or seeing him like just talk to people because that's... Yeah truly how he talked to people and yeah, because i watched the
0: documentary and the movie back to back
1: that's oh, why i yeah. was
0: that's why it made such an impression on me because i was like I, like I didn't, I didn't grow up with mr rogers so i didn't have any preconceived notions of him so i just watched the documentary i was like I, like i fell in love with that man and then i watched beautiful man and i was like hey that's that same man that i would just saw in the documentary yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah that's <laughs> it's it's such a good documentary too the it's, the one you it's been doing one anymore. of my
0: favorite one like it's one of my favorite ones and it
1: like it changed me
0: as a person like i, I wasn't expecting the damn mr rogers documentary to change me as a person it's yeah a i mean
1: movie. i mean that's kind of like like i've talked to several people that uh like like came to mr rogers and and like sort of uh just air out d- the problems and stuff yeah, well well also like like people uh, like you or like other people that didn't grow up on him, that like came to his work and his his philosophy as an adult, and it's still just as it's moving and just as right touching because he's oh, treating oh. these children like people. He's not talking down to them. He's talking yes. to them as people, yes. and that's why it still resonates with people yes. no matter how old they are because he's just talking to he, people. And it, it's so glad
0: you. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's been my primary tool in getting to children to getting to my siblings and talking to them and understanding them where my parents kind of not they don't necessarily listen to them it's literally just treating them like human beings instead of these like creatures yeah you know and like see like like i was inspired by rogers he would talk to them like he would talk to oh, like just, like he, he wouldn't talk down to them he would talk straight at them and he yeah. like like no nonsense just straight at them just I don't know how to say it in English, but like,
1: it's just... yeah, uh, it just it just talking to them as people. There, there's the scene yeah. in the movie that that is uh, taken from from the article uh, where he's talking to the kid with the plastic sword, uh, right? Uh, the the Make a Wish kid, I think, on set, and he he the, what he tells him is, you know, you're, you're holding this. I can. Oh, oh, and in the article that he goes into it too, that like, well, I can tell. Usually, when a kid is carrying a sword like this and like a toy sword and swinging it around or whatever, he's trying to show outwardly that he's strong. And all Rogers has to say is, "You know, I I bet you're strong on the inside too." And it gets the kid to like open up to him and oh. hug him. And, and he is just—he just, he he, just cuts through him like butter. He just, but like <laughs> he not pierces through him. <laughs> but but like in a way that that's like, you know, I understand kids and and i i want him to know that like he doesn't have to you know perform like like he's a that kid is strong and i want him to feel strong yes i can see him and and hanks does such a good job of playing that level of just extreme sympathy and extreme empathy for these people uh in a way that like uh also applies not just to when he's talking to kids but when he's talking to lloyd in all these interviews where Spec- yeah. where I mean, he's, he's so he's easily.
0: Just, he just dismantles him. <laughs> yeah,
1: but like so easily just like flips the, the not even like flips the it's interview like, you know, to, to deflect, like, yeah. but it, it, that's just how he interacts with people is he cares about them and asks, asks them questions that are truly caring. And and it's it's so disarming, especially. Uh, and that's I think another strength of the movie that I want to talk about when we talk about like screenplay in general is mm-hmm. making the Lloyd character so much more like abrasive and like make like giving him like th- the, the ant- plot like, that they he have.
0: Basically, just like oh, this guy's too good to be true. Like I don't, I don't trust him. He's sus. Like, yeah. there's something about him. I, I don't. He, he yeah.
1: can't be this good. Yeah, like, like, I like, I, like when you look up the actual uh, Tom Janod and, like, on, on his Wikipedia, the, the most noteworthy articles he had leading up to this, essentially what he, he refers to as a puff piece, like, his biggest articles were, like, a, an article about an abortion doctor, and an oh, article <laughs> about, like, a convicted rapist in sex rehab, like, trying to atone for it. Like, like, this was a, 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 a journalist who, like, was writing about he went, more He was a harsh vigilante truths. going
0: yes. out like hunting down like evil people. He well not even
1: like, not even, but just like like getting at like the harsher truths of reality and like people that you're not re- you're not usually going to read articles in a magazine about. And right. like just talking to these people. And then he's so disar- and and to take an author like that and a journalist like
0: that desensitized and yeah and just being in the mud with all these like
1: yeah and then giving him this plot that i i I don't know to what degree any of the the plot like his family plot uh of this is true uh whether i like to think it was (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure some of it is and some of it is fabricated like i know he said at some point like I never got in a fist fight with my dad at my sister's wedding and because my sister never had a wedding for us to get in a fist fight at. So I, like uh-huh. there's obviously some fabrications and like they they changed, yeah, they changed they mm-hmm. changed the guy's name and and it fits with it like I, I think it's a smart choice because it gives such a good parallel to the Rogers story and like everything that Lloyd is going through as a son and as a father, as a son that was neglected as a father that doesn't know what kind of father he's going to be or how to care for this child. Just he's at such a crossroads with so many people and to have him interacting with Mr. Rogers and like trying to project that any level of, of sort of discourse onto him and Hanks uh, as Rogers just like very calmly deflects it. And is like, I I understand the struggle you're going through because I have also I'm I'm a human. He he says that in the movie. Like I'm just Jeez. a person. I I go through the exact same struggles you do and I just have ways to funnel that that frustration out into the world that doesn't hurt people, doesn't hurt myself. And it's it can it is such a tough role to play. It can be, like, in the <laughs> hands of pretty much any other actor, you could see this going so maybe wrong. Maybe because,
0: complain,
1: yeah. Yeah, be- just because, like, well, for one, Mr. Rogers is such an icon and such a Dude. specific persona that, like, you really have to nail down the patterns and the presence, yes. or else it's just going to be a train wreck. But then also, like, we're seeing a different side of him
0: yeah that too because with for example like things like star wars were like oh i grew up with this and they get extremely defensive to like a scary degree over like that and like i yeah. feel this ownership over it and with like like how many like, millions of people grew up watching this man every grew up day. with him too
1: like for every decades day. for yeah. decades seeing like they had a
0: relationship with this man so they were like, "You better do him right, because because that's my that's my man right there. You gotta <laughs> you gotta yeah. do him right."
1: And, and I think Hanks really I mean does. Yeah. And something else that I, I that I read uh, that I think really paints this movie and my perspective of Hanks's performance is that he approached the performance. Um, this is gonna sound weird, but let me describe. It. He approached the performance and the movie as if. Uh, with Mr Rogers as the quote-unquote antagonist of the story in that he's the force that comes into the life of the protagonist to destroy shakes the whole... yes shakes things yeah. up like pushes against his worldview it's, it's a positive antagonist but he is the the counteractive force in this story that changes the entire world of the protagonist and makes him see things from a completely different perspective he and changes- Yes, he does. And, and, and I think that connects to what I was getting at with this, we, we see a side to Mr. Rogers that you don't see on the TV show or in his like, public interviews where he,
0: like, he knows the, he knows the kids are seeing him.
1: Yes, yes. Where we're here, he is like, you have the scene where he's doing the the, the Daniel Stripe and Tiger performance, the, the song. And and, like, and the guess. yes, you're you're seeing he's him looking, like, down, yeah. looking down and just like the very intense look on his face. Uh, the ending to the movie, which is extremely powerful, where he's sitting at the piano playing the, the outro music, which uh that's something else that comes from the article where apparently he would play that same song, which was like the outro to like a 40s news program or something. He plays that song, he would play that song at the end of every taping as a way to like signal to hmm. the crew like we're done for the day. Uh right. but ending the movie on that and then having him pound on the low notes of, of the key the, the the keyboard, so get which the, the rage out, yeah. Yes, like it, it's so powerful and so like like,
0: like he feels stuff too. Yes, he's not he this, does like is, he's not he's this, not a
1: saint, like like, yeah, they, like exactly. he talks about yeah, he's not this he's, figure. Yes, he's a regular person that yeah. is just so dedicated to such a specific way of life that sometimes we forget that like he's still he's he is imperfect he's not infallible and and he's he's emotional
0: like he's like i remember something that stuck with me from the documentary was he he would keep his weight throughout his entire life at 143 because that would like if you separated the one, the four, and the three, those that would be, I love you, like the letters. Yeah, know? one like, one letter,
1: four letter, three letters. It's First of all, how do you maintain the same weight? You know? <laughs> just by, by having the same exact routine. He didn't drink, he didn't yeah. smoke, he fell asleep right. at the same time, woke up at the same time, swam laps every single morning. That's it's crazy. Like, and
0: like the fact that he did it specifically for, for that little detail. Like yeah. It's, like it, it informs so much about what... like. What he cares about and I'm like who he is.
1: Yeah, like that. That's another thing that again the article uh, gets. Like I, I've, I've seen the documentary. Uh, I, I've read a lot about. It. Like I, I, I know a lot of research. like the. Yeah, for for lack of a better term, I know like the Mister Rogers lore, and yet there's <laughs> there's still stuff that that article brings up that I had, hadn't heard of, uh, about about Mister no, Rogers. Really. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm it's not, a really
0: really. I'm not really up-to-date with the Mr. Rogers Cinematic Universe.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's a really fascinating article. I would recommend it. it, it it's available just, like, online. Yeah, I, mean, uh, yeah, it's un- yeah, I should probably read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to look up more from that... Uh, this uh, the big guy? The, the, this, no, the magazine in general. From oh. that that uh, issue of the magazine. Oh, from the that issue. Oh. November 1998, Esquire. Uh, which, it, it was the cover article, by the way. It, that's, that oh, is really. true from the movie. Um, which it's a really interesting cover when you look at it because it, it, the the whole thing was it was it was about American heroes and Mr. Rogers was just one of the people they reached out to and and they loved uh, Tom Junod's article so much that it became the cover of of the issue. But like you have the list of of other heroes that they uh, mentioned in this article: uh, it's <laughs> Ted Williams, Evil Knievel, John McCain, Jason Matus Batman, Congressman John Lewis, Jenny Holzier, Frank Serpico, Lenny Skutnik, Oliver Stone, James Brown, and YA Tittle. Uh, And then, and a first look at Terrence Malick's war movie, The Thin Red Line. Uh, And then the other, like, pull quotes on the other side are Chris Rock on Woody Allen, which I couldn't find anything about that article, but that should be interesting. Mm. Uh, And then, in a weird twist of fate, Richard Jewell's good life. Which uh, Richard Jewell, the other movie from this oh, year that I have talked Kathy about on this podcast, yeah, uh, I just think it's it's kind of odd that both of those come together in this very specific way. That like there was a whole profile about Richard Jewell in this same issue of Art the magazine yeah. that this movie is based on. Very fun little uh, uh, connection there.
0: Oh, Easter eggment right
1: there. Yeah, uh, other stuff about Hanks's performance there's just so many good line readings that feel so true to mr rogers there's a scene where he uh where where lloyd has come over to his house for a Mm -hmm. second part of the interview and they're talking about the puppets and they're talking about old rabbit which is like a through line in the article that makes that part of the movie even more uh just like poignant yes exactly uh but he gets lloyd talking about his mom who died when he was young and uh he just says if she saw the person you had become she would be very proud of you and it's that's just like exactly the the essence of Mr Rogers in the way that Hanks delivers it that is such a just a very earnest like for all of the the pain you're holding on to for all of the insecurities you have there's still a force in this world that loves you no matter what and I think that's like the thing that he, he believed the most. And it just gets to you, man. <laughs> it really does. This movie had me, like, close to tears a lot this time yeah. around. It's a very... The yeah.
0: uh, big just, reason why I resonated with me so much, my favorite movie is Ad Astra.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm big on daddy issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this movie is so very daddy issues, the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of want to get into that, like, very very soon so is there anything a else specifically yeah is there anything else we want to say about hanks's performance specifically That's or do we want commercial. to move on and talk about the rest? i mean we're going to be talking about him throughout
0: yeah, it's two hours so yeah we'll, we'll loop back and around and stuff yeah I know, like i don't really know what what much can you say other than he became mr rogers he didn't try to like copy him like, like you said he did yeah. he didn't try to do the voice he just became him and apparently like, I, I remember this one like factoid that cut, that got thrown around in a couple film pages on Instagram. How uh, he's like related to Mr. Rogers, like a distant cousin or something. Yeah,
1: they found out like uh, right before the movie opened. Yeah, that he's nice, like nice six, marketing yeah. sixth cousins or something. So, which yeah, yeah. I was looking on uh, on the IMDb trivia. Uh, that's apparently not the first time that's happened for Tom Hanks because he also really? found out he's like very distantly related to Walt Disney and Ben Bradley, who he had both oh. played in like the past. Oh, Five was it, what
0: was bradley what
1: movie
0: was uh bradley? the post oh, oh yeah the, the, i fell
1: asleep during that one sorry i actually <laughs> it's one that i haven't seen but uh yeah it, um, i, I want to talk about it in a bit because it, it's this comes this movie comes at like the end of a very long dry spell for tom hanks at the oscars in a very particular way that I i really want to get into when we talk about more oscar stuff right oscars is your, is your like that's your thing yeah 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 i mean it, it's the whole podcast it, it's <laughs> it's, it's podcast. my thing yeah. um uh but yeah i i think we'll obviously keep referring back to hanks and to mr rogers in general but i think uh we can move on and talk about some of the rest of this movie
0: it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be you, I've always wanted to live, to live in the neighborhood, neighborhood, with you so, let's make the most of this beautiful day, since
1: we're together, we might as well say, would you, would you be mine, would you be mine, won't you be my neighbor,
0: won't you please,
1: won't you please, please won't you be, my neighbor. Is, is there any aspect any single performance you want to single out at the the top here
0: i mean what's his name
1: matthew reese yeah reese Reese? Reese, i
0: think reese he's a pretty good vessel for the whole entering into tom hanks world and going at him like hey uh, i'm gonna attack you Oh, what do you mean? Oh, stop. No. You're... <laughs> Why are you making this a therapy session? Stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, he plays the sort of cantankerous uh, workman very well. Yeah. Like, I'm just doing my job. I, I'm not going to exactly. get emotionally mm-hmm. invested. But then, like, the the very first interview scene they have where Rogers is like, oh, hey, that's Lloyd. I'm gonna uh, pause the staking and go Come over yeah. here. and he's like, yeah.
0: I'm here to dismantle you. What are you what do you mean, my friend? <laughs>
1: yeah, and he has, the, angle, he has the bruise all over his eye from the fist fight he got in with oh, his yeah. dad. And uh uh Roger like, Hanks starts asking him about Gosh, the bruise. And like he goes back to it later on in the conversation. It's like, you didn't really get in a softball accident, did you? And he ends up like just very calmly getting him to to uh essentially fess up that he got into a fight with jerry and uh hanks is like well who's jerry and and the very long pause and just the look on his face of like i can't believe i'm about to tell mr rogers i got in a fist fight with my dad but also just like i i feel like i have to tell him the truth because it would be like if it feels wrong to lie to mr rogers and so he, he ended up. To...
0: That. I think he felt, I think he knew this, like, oh, this guy's going to see right through my eye. Like, he's <laughs> that too. Well, yeah, that too. But, like,
1: he, he's conveying a lot of different motivations for the same act. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely a part of it. Like, I, there's no point in lying, but also, I feel bad about lying to Mr. Rogers. And also, like, I feel like I'm in a safe space here and I wasn't expecting that. And it's like so disarming, like we were talking about. He's such a disarming presence that you can't help but get emotional around him. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing later when he's talking about old rabbit. And and at first he's like, oh yeah, I probably had this toy when I was a kid. I had a special friend. I don't really remember. Okay, yeah, it was a rabbit okay yeah he had a name and it was old rabbit and i got him from my mom when <laughs> i was a kid and i loved him very much and all that stuff and and just like
0: that's a cool psychological trick as well when you're when you want people to like when you want to get information out of people just stay silent just stay yeah. with them and yeah they'll, they'll feel awkward and then just keep they'll just keep talking and i'll f- keep feeding you the information yeah but that that's also, gut, yeah. He just smiles at you and he waits for you to continue spilling your guts because because you start to feel and since he's not changing the subject then you're just you just yeah. start, you know, work getting worked up and talking about it and what
1: yeah. I think Matthew Reese has such a uh, a difficult task here in because he's playing such an unlikable person for so much of the movie, and like <laughs> not just unlike unlikable to the audience, but like he's he pushes back against pretty much everyone. He's like he's jaded, just like, yes, so I jaded everything, and and he has like a sort of strained relationship with his wife because he doesn't know how to handle this kid they're having and an extremely strained relationship with his dad who's just come back into the picture after like, we don't know how, well, no, when, when he was a kid, when, when, uh, when his mom died, when Lloyd's yeah. mom died, that's when Chris Cooper stepped out mm-hmm. and is coming back mm-hmm. for like the first time in Has decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's pushing back against know. Mr. Rogers and he's yeah. pushing back against his sister and his new brother-in-law, and just like he's so, and his editor, and just like everyone that he interacts oh with, he he's so like wary of, and and he's so mm-hmm. just like, and, and it's very tough to play that, and then also play those moments of extreme vulnerability, uh, with like he gets a moment of vulnerability with all of those people with Mr. Rogers with his wife with his dad with his other family members and it's it's a journey that he takes over the course of this movie yeah, that i think is incredibly strong and is done really well by him uh and there's just there's just so many scenes uh th- there's there's the point like something that i noticed this go around is whenever he's talking to someone else about his dad he doesn't ever call him my dad. He says, Jerry, he calls him Jerry in like any context. And I relate, I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a screenwriting trick that has been done countless times before, where you have someone refuse to refer to, to a family member by their, you know, their, you know by their relation to you yes and name. then by yeah. the end when it when everything has changed you get the big i, I love you dad. too dad and yeah. they, they do that in this movie and it's a cliche but i think it's done really well and i think he sells it really well in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't make you roll your eyes because this movie is just so very earnest and it wears yeah. its heart on its sleeve and it never feels too sentimental or too sappy or too cliche even to when him. it falls into some cliche uh or some cliché plot elements. I think it still uses them all so effectively and so so smartly, uh, which is where I dive into my little soapbox of, yes, Tom Hanks is great in this movie. We talked about it for however long we talked about it. I think Chris Cooper is even better. I think Chris Cooper is phenomenal in this movie. Oh, the dad? Yeah. Uh
0: I, I didn't really pay much attention to the performance because that's I, fair
1: yeah no that, that's totally fair like no not because of
0: chris Coop, but because of the character he's playing and the the whole father angle yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it, it's and it even more a abrasive too deep for
0: me to get a little analytical about oh this performance is very good i see what he's doing that was more of it was more of the effect that had on me
1: yeah which like that's also that's saying something about the performance too that like it can mm-hmm. have such a profound effect because he's playing such a real person and and such a yeah, a, yeah. it's yeah. The, sh- the, it's the realness of it yeah. that's what
0: that's what happens man like you you got your daddy issues and your father's like this like person that's not the best to put it lightly yeah but it's because he didn't really get a nice childhood either he doesn't know what the hell he's doing it, yeah like, he, j- just Cooper. like lloyd like yeah he, he doesn't know what he's doing because his father didn't teach him well it was worse for him and that was oh, absolutely father
1: just father like, ge- like the further back you go generationally yeah, like, it's just worse and worse and worse It's like your grandparents telling you about like oh yeah back in my day and they would just describe
0: the most awful like child neglect you've ever heard and they just say it like oh yeah that's how it was like you know that's, yeah that's should be He's like no, I think you were traumatized, but you just normalized it because yeah, you, you don't you know any better.
1: Yeah, and and I think again, this movie understands that so much about this character in a way that other movies about estranged parents returning into their children's lives. Don't always get it at that type of thing, especially with with the redemption of a character like that. So often, it just falls on the shoulders of the kid to be like, "Oh well, you're dying, so I'm gonna forgive you." And I think the movie
0: because you're dying, because Jesus and whatever. Yeah, like this, like in this one, it's like he he was fucked up, like he was a mess. Yeah,
1: and he goes through the like the process of changing as a person and becoming a better person. And he talks about how his new relationship with this woman that he's married to has genuinely changed him and has made him seek out uh, relationships with his children. And he, he doesn't, you, you get everything about how he was a bad dad and now he's actively genuinely trying to fix it in a way that like redeem himself yes but like not redeem himself for his own sake sake of redemption but for the
0: sake of okay like i like like i should actually do this
1: yes for the sake of his kids for the sake of their relationships for the sake of i i don't want i I don't it's a very difficult thing to try to verbalize because it's i mean there's always some level of selfishness to and act like that because it's from a person who acted selfishly exactly. yeah, in the first like place.
0: Like you, you don't want, like you're not seeking like, Oh, I want to make sure you feel well. No, it's so that I can die at peace. <laughs> yes, it's a, I, I ne- tied everything up with a little nice bow on it. On top. Yes.
1: But then also from the other angle, it's like, I, I don't want my legacy with my kids to be that. I, like I, yeah, it's it, it's tough weird. to be like. It's, it's tough to talk. It's about. really tough to talk about. It's such a difficult thing. Um, yeah. but he has a line near the end after he's uh uh had his heart attack or whatever it is, and he's back at home now, and he mm. has a heart to heart scene with Lloyd late at night, which I think is also like it's especially noteworthy that it's not just a heart to heart with father and son; it's father and son. And the baby is also there in the scene and it's like yeah. transferring the sort of uh, uh, like fatherhood. Yes, generally, there's profession. there's a lot going on there, but he has a line. I don't remember if it's in that scene or if it's just another scene when he's in the hospital bed, but he says something about like, I'm just now starting to figure out how to live my life. And he he's like, he's a man child that has just... Mm-hmm grown up and i mean that's it's everything the movie's getting at about how children and yep. adults like there's there's no difference fundamentally that is real. it's just experience uh, i've seen that in the adults in my life <laughs> yeah and and i think it's just i really love everything chris cooper is doing in this movie especially because this is the the one-two punch year of him playing like emotional dads because this is also the year of little women which he's Just fantastic and heartbreaking. In as the the uh, he's I think Timothy Chalamet's uncle. He's the neighbor who who gives. um, Oh, which which march is it? I was like, wait, what wasn't it? Yeah, Bob Odenkirk is is the March's (laughs) father. He's the neighbor that gives the piano to to the the sick March daughter, Mr. Lawrence, Uh, and he has he has that scene. Where I he's not remember that, yeah. He, he has that one cutaway shot in that movie where okay, I, I want to look up which March daughter it is because I okay. remember the names of the other <laughs> three. three. Five. Uh oh, what's her name? Is it five? It's been I, I don't know. There's remember. four. There's four March four daughters. Four. I think mean, it's because my mom
0: has four sisters, so I'm used yeah. to
1: five. So Beth is the the one who uh, uh is sick and is sick, the piano yeah. prodigy in the family, and his daughter. Uh, I think had died and she was also a piano uh she was gifted at the piano and I mean, he so lets her come like, over
0: the,
1: yeah and there's the cutaway or not cutaway but no, there's the stuff there's stuff. the shot in that movie where you see Beth in the the uh, like well, you see her down the hallway playing the piano and you see oh, him like, listening sitting on the stairs just listening and crying yeah. and it's it it breaks your heart it is impossible to not just yeah. be so incredibly moved by Chris Cooper in that and I remember, in I remember this. being
0: moved. I just didn't know it was him. Yeah. Yeah. It's he was,
1: uh, time, yeah. he's he's one of our great uh character like he's 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 there's a weird little niche of actors that I think are really good at being gruff old men that get emotional. Like he's really good at it. Ed Harris is someone that I think is really good at being gruff old man that gets emotional. Um, I, there's like a whole subset of actors like that that, when they cry, it's just so much more powerful because you're a gruff old man. You're from an era where men aren't yeah, allowed like, to cry society and, and you're crying. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, it always yeah, gets to me. It's like, when,
0: it's like on, what everyone always says, like, like oh my um, what was it? I, I remember it's something like girls always say, like oh, like when my dad cried in front of me, like that's when you like that. Yeah. Gets, yeah, like that's guess, the thing uh, because they never do,
1: yeah, especially like, and that's definitely something this movie is getting at with its whole themes of fatherhood is the like yeah. the performative masculinity of adults around children. And that's another like, that's why I think the scene where uh Mr. Rogers tries to put up the tent and can't do it, and it's like, oh, we're gonna leave that, that scene that uh act where I tried to put up this tent. Uh, while we were filming and I couldn't get it. I'm going to leave it in because it's important for kids to know that even when adults... It's okay to go. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay to be an adult that has a plan that doesn't work out. And that's just like the whole thesis of the movie is about adulthood uh, and the performative nature of adulthood and parenthood and how to raise your child. And it's just... It's such a good script. It's such a good story that I think, uh, especially having read the article, it really, it takes the the sort of through line themes of that article and adapts them into a narrative story, in, into the story of Lloyd and his father and his son and his wife. Uh, and it's all about uh, this character having... To like to perform to some level, his relationships with all these family members because he doesn't know what kind of person he is and what kind of family he has because he he his mother died when he was young and his father left and he didn't have any sort of uh uh, parental figures and I think that's why that's that's both my fathers man yeah (laughs) Jesus and there's like. Just the, the little details in this script I think make it so much stronger. Like the fact that Lloyd's wife did grow up on Mr. Rogers and oh, yeah. uh, she, she she's he, like do not hurt him. Yes. <laughs> she, but but like she she alone. she is a more stable parent. She's uh, a she more had stable had partner. Express her feelings.
0: Yes know herself, all these things that Mr. Rogers can show you.
1: Yeah, and that actress, uh, Susan Kalechi Watson, is also very strong in this movie. I don't think they give her as much to do beyond be like supportive wife because so much of the the narrative structure of the movie is all about Lloyd and his relationship to these people. Yeah, she's from This so, Is Us, right? Yes, she was on This Is Us, and I think that's yeah. like her most notable yeah, thing. And I'm, I never watched that show, so I, I don't have really much cool. of a frame of reference for it's her really beyond
0: cry cool about family.
1: Yeah, I mean that that whole thing is is marketed on you will cry about family. Yeah. Um <laughs> but do. I have. yeah. Yeah. I I think she's really strong with what she's given here. Uh she has a couple really good scenes where she gets to just like try to talk sense into him and mm-hmm. he just doesn't listen. And, and then
0: I, I know what that's like. Yeah. My mother and my either of my fathers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, I just think the the whole cast in this, especially the four leads, are all very good. The script is really strong, uh, especially as a as a feat of adaptation for uh, an article. Yeah, uh, an article that's not a narrative. Yeah. Thing. So it's, it, just, it's. Yeah. It's it like jumps. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Really it's a. a narrative. Uh, and like, there are things in that that like article that do sort of from... tell a story. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's there's moments that are lifted directly or uh, sort of repurposed for this movie. Like the, the dialogue about uh, when they're talking about Old Rabbit is taken mm-hmm. word for word from the article, right. but it's given a more dramatic twist in this right. where Lloyd gets up and leaves the interview because of the line of questioning getting too personal. Because uh, he, uh, he he felt too attacked <laughs> he, he, he felt he felt too vulnerable and, yeah i'm and, asking the questions
0: here you're personally attacking me yeah
1: <laughs> and he's he, his his method of dealing with confrontation is avoidance <laughs> that's yeah. like he like he's... his father yes absolutely his father uh his 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 father chris cooper's wife is dying and he avoids having to deal with that by sleeping yep. around um, with other women and walking out on his kids and so now Lloyd,
0: deal with these feelings
1: bye bye yes <laughs> and lloyd when when jerry is in the hospital he's so determined to get to pittsburgh because he has to interview mr rogers in the morning because he's avoiding the fact that like this man is in my now. I have to deal with another potentially dying parent. A no, parent that I'm didn't deal with like, this. I'm I am not
0: opening this kind of worms. Bye.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, balancing, and, and and he's just he's such an avoidant figure that by the t- by the end when he is when when he has opened up when and and like this is something that that is true of the actual author that like he's spoken that like this was the first time. Uh, he had become like actually friends with an interview subject, and they remained friends until uh, Mr. Rogers died. And like it fundamentally changed his outlook on life in a way that it has changed so many people, regardless of I mean, well, well, like we're coming back to no, no, matter what age you sort of really buy I into didn't even Mr. Have Rogers' to watch his
0: damn show. I just saw yeah. a fucking
1: documentary.
0: <laughs> it yeah,
1: it's just me. it's just such a powerful. Uh, message that he had that, like, like as a
0: like, he's just like it's the like that's the thing like in the movie like and in the documentaries like they like they hammer the point home how he's just a man he has yeah. feelings he is imperfect but he is this like larger
1: than life this like being yeah like, it it's he, such a I don't know it it doesn't gel like you want. To, to like lionize him you want to see him as this saint and yet yeah, you also have to like, like yes and you have to acknowledge that no he was a regular guy and he had a sense of humor which is something that like this movie doesn't quite get as much into because it's more of a, a dramatic and story he's, in he's general
0: support, yeah and it's more about the uh yeah
1: yeah. yeah but like th- that th- there's a part in the article Where uh, they end up going, uh, uh, Tom and Mr. Rogers end up going to his hometown, uh, but they end up going to his childhood home, which is being renovated. uh, And right before they go inside, they're like, well, I don't know if if we should really go in because, uh, you know, it's not going to be the same. And all the people, all the memories I have of the people that changed me while I was here, they're all in heaven now, so... Uh, so it's, it's going to be an empty sort of, uh, act. So they end up going to the graveyard instead where all of his family members are buried. Uh, and he like, he shows him the, the family, like the, uh, what would you call it? It's the, the, like, uh, it's not a tomb. It's It's like an above ground i'm just forgetting the word for it yeah something like that where both of his parents are where he uh would eventually be buried and where his his wife would be buried and they're all going to be buried in here and he's sort of like showing it to him very reverently and then going around to all the graves of like everyone uh in his family and in his childhood that uh ever had an impact on him um Mm -hmm. but but then like at the end of this section uh, uh, Tom Janod is standing at the bottom of this hill and Fred is at the top of the hill and he looks down at, to him and just very casually is like I'm going to go uh find somewhere to relieve myself and I'll be there and he goes and like <laughs> just find somewhere to piss in this graveyard <laughs> and it, it's like he's saying it very earnestly like it, it, oh, it's not on someone, be right
0: back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like, it's like, Mr. Rogers
1: <laughs> it, there's just like so much to him that it, it does truly feel like a mythos, almost. It feels yeah, he, he, like...
0: He's very mythical. That's, yeah, that's the word. Yeah.
1: And, and it's, again, there's so many little Id- idiosyncratic things in that article that just... It, it, I didn't know it was possible to endear me more to him as a person, and yet the article just shows another side to him. Yeah, that... it's a
0: very it's a very reluctant hero kind of thing where he's yes. everyone's like, oh my god, you're like you're you're this god to all of us, and he's like, I'm just a guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> and he a... was
1: very adamant about that that he was just yeah. a person. And yeah, and that's how he helped people.
0: He's like, oh my god, Mister Rogers, you're my hero. And he's like, like okay, like what's up with you? And then, you know, the, he just talks about their problems and like changes them and like impacts them just by talking to them. Just by talking. No, by just by I, talking. He, he doesn't have any commandments. He doesn't have like a like this like speech. He, just, he
1: doesn't have an all any ulterior motives. He's a, yeah, he just talks just, to them like a person. That's just a just a good person. Yeah. Uh other stuff about this movie. Oh, the the scene that like was in all of the trailers and still hits so hard in this movie, the scene where they're uh in the subway and the kids start singing the theme song and then everyone on the subway car like starts every, singing the theme song yeah. that is yeah. also yeah. lifted directly from the article that's an actual anecdote that happened to him while he was in this new york subway car just oh these kids started they they saw him and their way of like acknowledging him and, like, and the impact he, he had is to start sense. singing the song it's
0: beautiful, yeah.
1: and it's 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 so well done in the trailer uh that like it's one of those things that really sticks with you. One of those trailer moments that really stays with you all these Man. years later. Uh, and it's done like the full scope of that scene in the movie, I think is really strong. There's and Again,
0: realizing everyone there
1: was raised by him. Yes. Even the <laughs> adults that start singing it along yeah, are like, like either everyone. they were raised or their kid was raised on him and they watched yeah. and they were just as touched by him. Um, there's also something else from that scene that I think is again indicative of just how strong the script is at really understanding who Mr. Rogers was as a person is when he's talking about the sign language, the sign language uh, for friend. Uh, he doesn't say some some deaf girl taught me the most beautiful world and word A&E. and sign language. He says Maggie Stewart, he remembers the full name of this child. Them. Yes, he does. He truly does remember everything. Yeah. It's
0: not like, oh, one of my fans. No, it's it's like twit like, Twi- like a Twitch streamer will be like, oh my god, one of my Twitch subs <laughs> gave me ten thousand dollars. Thank you so much. <laughs> and they just oh. move on.
1: <laughs>
0: oh that's <laughs> <Not even> a <laughs> the name, not even like the username. Just like,
1: oh my god, thank you, thank
0: you for ten for the 10k. They <laughs> just move on.
1: A, a strangely apt comparison. But yeah, no, that he says her first and last name to Lloyd, this person who has no idea who this kid is, but it's still important he, to Mr. Cares? Rogers because Again, he cares about every person think, yeah. that has ever come across him. And uh it's just... I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd
0: forget everyone's names. Yeah, it's a...
1: <laughs> I forget everyone's names. I can't know. It just shows you how much this movie understands who he Mm -hmm. was as a person and like how he just existed in this world um what else do i have oh the the scene where they're at the diner like maybe the most impactful part of the movie where he does the the 10 seconds of silence or the minute of silence it was the 10 seconds was a a different there's like a lot of mr rogers media that in some way or another involve invoking silence to remember the the people that have had an impact on you in your life uh but this movie it it does an actual full minute of silence uh and all the the extras in that scene in that restaurant were like like his wife is one of them other people that worked on the show like yeah it's a it's a very uh sort of heartwarming meta version of that where everyone yeah, in that cause, diner is are... let's do a minute of science for the people that are impacted me and you have the yeah. actual people <laughs> yes <laughs> the actual people that impacted him and then you have something that is foreshadowed earlier in, in, in the either film. the movie or in the article or maybe both but where he looks right into the camera and he he looks at us the audience for like a full 20 seconds uh and it feels real it feels yeah that's what he says Mr. In, rogers
0: is looking at me yeah he wants me to be better
1: yeah that's what he says uh uh earlier on he says that he likes to uh look into the camera and imagine not that he's looking out at his audience but that he's looking I'm out looking at the kids at one kid at one kid yeah it's like i'm looking at you yes, yes. you. i'm looking i'm talking to you i'm looking at you and it does feel like he's looking at me, not at us, mm-hmm. at, at, at me, but also at you and you and you, and like, at all of us individually and seeing mm-hmm. us as individuals. And it, it's um, just like a... It's like, so thank yes, you guys. Back, to, back to the... <laughs> guys,
0: what's up, guys?
1: Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it, it's one of those moments that really sticks with you, again. Um... On and a sort of uh, superficial filmmaking level, I really like the uh, establishing shots that they would do with the miniatures uh, that, like, is drawing from the show, is drawing At from the aesthetic. The show. Yeah. Like, there's, a lo- there's a lot. There's a. Yeah, there's a lot of really good recreations of yeah. the set and of the style of the show and the music of the oh, show
0: i thought you were talking about like the establishing shot of the movie how it starts no and like when when they do establishing shots between scenes yes yes you're right. yeah. yeah like like yeah.
1: the plane taking off or the cars yeah, going yeah, over the yeah, bridge yeah, or yeah. like new york city yes it 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 does a really good job of emul again emulating the feel fun. of the show, in the mm-hmm. same way that Hanks's performance is emulating the feel of right, Mister Rogers, mm-hmm. and it's it's just one of those things that like they didn't have to do that for this movie. They didn't have to have the scene where uh, where he he puts the video in picture picture and they go through the making of a magazine, which is a thing that they would do all the time on Mister Rogers Neighborhood. Is they would just have a video of. Some process like that. Like the one that I always remember from my childhood that fascinated me was uh the making of crayons. And it was like a crayon factory, and you see all the like the colored what waxes. Are made? What are it, they? It's, made? Wax. Oh, wax. it's wax. Yeah. Huh? And you would see the like the vats of swirling colored wax and like them being poured into the molds and cooling and the paper. And it's the same way they do it here, where you just have like video of the process and then overlaid just like. Dialogue and description from Mr. Rogers, uh, just sort of describing what's going on, and they do that in this movie where they're talking about how to make a magazine, and then it it moves seamlessly into Lloyd in his office, and it it's just uh, again they they uh, they understood what they were doing when in making this movie on every level on on a writing level on a directing level we haven't really mentioned her much but Marielle Heller directs the hell out of this movie without like drawing attention to it like this is not an overly directed movie but it's a very competently directed movie uh she's she's such a good i i still have not seen uh diaries of a diary of a teenage girl something like that uh which was her debut but then just the one-two punch of this movie and can you ever forgive me it's just like i haven't
0: watched that yet oh you 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 really should it's so so good
1: it's so good uh melissa mccarthy is fantastic richard e grant is fantastic it's it's a i i don't even really know how to describe that movie i really need to revisit it because i haven't seen it was since it was in theaters but like i love that movie i really love this movie i'm very excited for her next one which is the uh uh, Night Bitch, the movie where Amy Adams thinks she might be turning into a dog, uh, which I had forgotten that she's she was right, directing it.
0: directing that one?
1: Yeah, which, like, the premise... I heard about it, but sounds... I guess I forgot it was her directing yes, it. I also forgot it was her, but, like, when I was reading through her Wikipedia again and I saw that was on the list, it made me so much more excited for the movie because that, that premise could be handled so odd and wrong in in the hands of a less competent director but i think Marielle heller is so good at these kind of quirky but very grounded characters that it it makes me much more confident that that movie is going to be good good yeah 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 it reminds me of you know that um
0: god i forgot his name what's the main character was the main actor from
1: 1917 Oh, yeah. What's his name? But he, he George Mackay, I think.
0: George McKay, Yeah. George McKay. He was in this movie called Wolf a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. This, this guy who thinks he's a wolf.
1: I didn't see that one, but I remember reading about it and thinking, oh, that's. Yeah. Like, you go on
0: Letterboxd and you read the reviews.
1: And I was like, that wasn't that good. But like,
0: if you want to watch George Mackay how like, like just full send howl like a wolf. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm on board already. Yeah. Uh, what else about this movie uh, do we want to talk about or do we want to move on to some Oscar stuff?
0: We can move to Oscar stuff if you want. We can always, I don't know how much time has passed, but you know, we can always circle back to stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we can, uh, uh, it, as things come up.
0: Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a supporting role. Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes. Al Pacino, The Irishman. Joe Pesci, The Irishman. Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: So this movie had a very robust uh, precursor uh just like run because hank's got a lot of nominations at a lot of places so i'm just going to like breeze through what i can and pause on the things that are worth talking about okay uh so tom hanks got nominated uh for the golden globe uh best supporting actor the lineup there is the same five actors that got nominated for the oscar which you're going to hear me say a lot in this section because those five <laughs> actors showed up of, across the board almost everywhere uh the screen actors guild awards hanks was nominated uh it's the oscars five without anthony hopkins and with jamie foxx for just mercy a movie that i forgot about Wait, i didn't he was, I,
0: he was oh jamie foxx it's fantastic i love just mercy oh
1: okay i i don't yeah, think i i heard much of anyone talking about it at the time but like i think it just kind of fell under the radar yeah i will i could, i, I I I would yeah, be that, interested in checking it, it out I know Clemency is so I know it's, Clemency a, like, so good. I know it's a God Clemency topic. was so good. I love that movie. Um I need to watch it but I I love
0: Just Mercy and Jamie yeah. Foxx in it. He's great but it's I don't know like it, like he's great in it but like just the movie as a whole impacted me more than like the performance did. Yeah, I'll have to check that, that one out. Great. Yeah, I was telling my brother today, actually, like when I showed him Green Mile and I was like looking at the related, I was like, oh, I want to show you this one as well. It's really good. Just Mercy.
1: Yeah. Uh, At the BAFTA uh, Awards, Hanks was nominated. Same lineup as the Oscars. Uh, Critics' Choice, Hanks was nominated. Same lineup as the Oscars, plus Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, who was like always kind of circling and how oh, was he not i don't like, genre tony it's was, just genre bias it's yeah, just people well, don't like, like horror that
0: and tony colette and yeah Mar-S3, those two are like the best performances i've ever seen and they were nominated like it's I was, yeah like, i don't get it i just it doesn't make any sense like i don't know. Yeah. it's not like people didn't it's not like the academy didn't watch the lighthouse he got nominated for Best Cinematography. so you guys yeah. so willem defoe did why don't you know i
1: i truly don't understand it and then like this is coming off of he got two nominations in a row the past two years before this it was on a hot streak yeah. uh and, and just gate and what was the other one uh florida project, florida project. Yeah, yeah he was good in those two but he wasn't
0: the lighthouse was good <laughs> yeah that that's right? the thing it's like i
1: mean i mean i i do love me some willem dafoe and like those are two fantastic yeah. performances too but like lighthouse is one of his that best he it's like, yeah yeah I don't, it, I don't get it, it
0: i don't get i don't just like do you watch? like they nominated Oh, well, maybe it's it's just know.
1: genre bias it, it's just the movie was marketed right, as a horror well, movie and like this is a year where supporting actor four of the five nominees guy. are are playing real people uh right. and then brad pitt is sort of a he's, legacy win sort of a, a cool guy yeah, no, like he
0: he was my favorite character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I think yeah. that's why people it's like it wasn't like a performance thing. I was just like he's so cool. I love him. <laughs> <was> yeah,
1: <laughs> and also the other like I mean, uh, Pitt had won for producing, but he had never won for acting. And the other four had all won for acting before. Legacy thing, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, it, it, this that was a year that was kind of a lot of legacy wins because yeah. like joaquin phoenix i was mean that it, movie has... was it renee zellweger renee zellweger winning for the comeback has narrative anyone, has anyone watched judy i <laughs> uh ostensibly i have seen it but i couldn't well, tell you much every of it. oscar thing yeah yeah had, but like i i
0: had, had it not been nominated would you have
1: watched no yeah. no <laughs> if if somehow she had gotten snubbed and it i i would not have sought it you out would, you wouldn't have shed any uh, yeah, And then Laura Dern, who's also very good in Marriage Story, but that's also very much a sort of career Yeah, it's win. a very
0: Brad Pitt, like, oh, I liked her in the movie. She was cool. Let's nominate her. Yeah, she yeah. didn't really blow my
1: mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very much a, you've had this very impressive career. Everyone right. loves Laura Dern. Here she is in a movie that's getting playing a lot of Oscar attention, character. playing a very likable and very uh sort of catchy <laughs> character, a character that, yeah. that really draws you in. Um also though at the critics choice this movie did get nominated for its screenplay uh as the like this movie was almost certainly sixth place for adapted screenplay uh and and it was Do You know
0: the other nominees of the top Yes of your uh
1: the winner was Jojo Rabbit uh other nominees were The Irishman, Little Women, The Two Popes and Joker. Screenplay nominee <laughs> Joker.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I would I like I, I didn't how did Jojo Rabbit beat the Irishman? I, I truly, I'm. I mean, Jojo Rabbit winning over the Irishman and Little Women uh, is. I, I I think Jojo Rabbit just came on so strong, uh, in those last few weeks, uh, and Taika Waititi. He was also, uh, the. I mean, he directed and acted in the movie. He did and with, like
0: the whole shebang. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and like. I think there was some stat that went around at the time that like almost all of the screenplay winners of the past 10 years uh, were for movies that were written by the director of the movie. So it, it's essentially a way to be like, we're not going to give you best director, but here's a way to reward you for doing the movie. And Taika Waititi was just putting himself out there more so than Greta Gerwig or Steven Zalian, uh, who wrote The Irishman. Uh, and like mm-hmm. I, I would put this script over like three of those nominees. I think it's a better script than Joker, obviously better script than Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> and I like defend Taxi Driver. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like defend the Two Popes as a movie. I think it's interesting.
0: Like it. like, I'm very anti-Catholic Church, but yeah, I I le- yeah. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> somebody died. <laughs> in somebody. Year's. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody that is years it kind of yeah. slipped on the radar they didn't pay much attention kind of like yeah i didn't pay much attention yeah. to their stuff yeah uh, <laughs> but, but yeah i think but, that's uh, i like the two posts actually yeah. it was, it's good and it like it was very it's, endearing it's it also topic matter
1: yeah <laughs> it also it, grading it on the curve that like uh andrew mccarton anthony mccarton whatever his name is the screenwriter for that like also wrote i thought you were trying to say anthony hopkins sounds like no you're there buddy <laughs> no, the screenwriter he also wrote bohemian rhapsody and the, the uh, uh yeah. theory of everything and uh darkest Theor- uh, yeah but it's not a screen it's not a screenplay that i particularly remember theory of everything so like he he's a screenwriter that yeah. wrote like three of the more recent best actor winners and not ones that are really remembered fondly uh and then two popes, which I think is a good screenplay compared to those ones that are not as uh, uh, strongly remembered. I of kind of graded now, on a curve uh, in that degree. Um, like, hey, you wrote something good for once. Good for you, uh, man. <laughs> the, but oh, even wow. still, yeah, good
0: job. Here you yeah. go.
1: <laughs> but even still, I would put the beautiful day in the neighborhood script above that one pretty handily. And then Irishmen and Little Women are two of the best scripts of the past five years uh either one of them would have been a, a worthy win and i i can't really put this above either of those in good conscience but like it would be a solid number three in this lineup if, if it had been nominated and it was circling that nomination for so long because this was a i i remember at the time in making predictions like it was the five that got nominated beautiful day in the neighborhood And then, like, nothing else seemed to have even a a remote shot. It was, like, Richard Jewell didn't really have a shot. Hustlers didn't really have a shot. Toy Story 4, I remember being in the conversation because it was truly just, like, such a weak year for For adapted screenplays that were being considered, that were, like, for movies that the Academy would actually go for. Wait, how Uh,
0: is Toy Story 4 adapted? Isn't it, like,
1: a uh, sequel? It's, it's the weird rule that they have where like, based on previously existing fictional characters. So like, Toy Story oh. three got an adapted nomination. Wait, uh, so if
0: I make a Winnie the Pooh movie, oh wait, so you're telling me Blood and Honey could get nominated for best
1: adapted screenplay? Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, it, it could. I've, yeah um okay so that okay so that's why the like
0: logan is stuck and yeah that's why like joker uh
1: joker, before sunset and before midnight both got uh screenplay nominations because it's based on characters by uh so and so oh from bef- like yeah sun- from before sunrise um,
0: uh, okay
1: <laughs> it, it's a weird rule but it, very, it's yeah. it's what they go for um okay. Other stuff we have here. It did get a, a writer. <laughs> Joker got nominated because adapted Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah, uh, adapted from Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Uh, uh, this did get a Writers Guild nomination over the two popes. Again, out of the the other three, uh I would probably have taken out either Joker or Jojo Rabbit uh, instead of the two popes. But like, those two were both both Best Picture nominees. Two popes just got the three nominations it got i see why it wouldn't have necessarily clicked with the writers guild uh the satellite awards hanks is nominated for supporting actor they are the the one group that was uh brave enough to actually give willem dafoe the win which good for them uh i wrote down a a whole bunch like just a section for critics' nominations uh, and wins for Hank specifically, and I ended up writing it, just like going down the IMDb tab, I wrote down like 20 different critics groups that nominated him, and one that gave him the win. Because like, uh, there's several lines of just like, Alliance of Women Film Journalists, Chicago Critics, Columbus Critics, Denver Critics, Detroit Critics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. A lot of regional critics groups that okay. either gave him a nomination, or he was a runner-up, or he he was in some way not their winner, but still cited. Uh, he only wins with the North uh, North Texas uh, Film Critics, but he gets brought up oh, like you pretty consistently. But not one, yes, he was nominated I, but not won for all of those. I thought yeah. you said nominated and won. I was like, what? oh no, no, because no. like I didn't know people like
0: mr rogers that much yeah
1: it was like i i don't remember who the critics front runner was this year it may have just been brad pitt it may have been brad pitt the entire year people people but like joe pesci i remember won a bunch of critics stuff uh pacino got a bunch hopkins may have even won some defoe like i said he won satellite i imagine he won probably a, a handful of those as well uh but yeah only one actual win uh at least that i wrote down for tom hanks uh as far as the screenplay it also got nominated or was runner-up at uh fewer than hanks was but still a good handful of uh, regional critics groups um i'm not going to read off all of those but uh anything aside from uh, either hanks or the screenplay that did get cited uh at the aarp movies for grownups awards uh it got a a good handful of nominations as nominated for best movie for grownups uh what is that it's um uh you know yeah their magazine they they do a yearly movie awards thing um i bring them up because uh they are as ordained by the this had oscar buzz podcast a legitimate precursor that is worthy of note also they're just fun to talk about uh nominated for best movie for grown-ups loses for the irishman hanks does win best supporting actor here uh uh, the aarp uh nominated for best intergenerational film loses for the farewell wins the reader's choice and the most bizarre thing oh. i came across here
0: oh oh, oh and aarp is like the insurance thing
1: okay uh, yeah but, old, old people this is for old people yeah, yeah. i
0: didn't um I'm Colombian. I
1: didn't know. uh... Oh, you're you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so one of their categories that they give out sporadically, awards. They do, uh, but one of these categories is is uh... like a
0: Michelin star kind of thing.
1: I mean, they they do. It's like a a
0: lifestyle magazine. You know how like the Michelin stars is like from the tire company.
1: Yeah, it's the same Michelin. It's very strange to remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're like a, a magazine for like uh stuff going on with old people
0: uh so, hey, but, here's what grown-ups like this year
1: yeah but so so this is the most bizarre category i've come across in a long while uh not the category itself but the lineup here uh, for best buddy picture which is ostensibly you would imagine like movie about friends but when you look at the photos, <laughs> well, when you look at the five movies that got nominated, it's kind of just here's a bunch of movies about two guys because two dudes. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood nominated ostensibly for the the friendship between Mr. Rogers and Rogers Lloyd.
0: And Lloyd yeah.
1: Ford V Ferrari. Right. Ford, yeah, uh, uh, Damon yeah. and Christian Bale who at one yeah. point beat each other up on, on Christian Bale's lawn. But just Mercy Great Friends. Okay, Just Mercy. Uh, For for the friendship between uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx.
0: The Lighthouse
1: did get a nomination. Nice. There you go. (laughs) And the Two Popes also nominated for Best Buddy Picture.
0: (laughs) I mean, it says it in the title, right?
1: It's about two popes. They're probably friends. Uh, (laughs) Also, in looking through just like the history of Best Buddy Picture, I like almost threw my laptop across the room when I saw that one of the nominees for best buddy picture in 2016 was Fences. A movie about father and son. Is that the buddies? I don't know who it would be because he is not friends with his son. He is not friends with his wife. He's not friends with his brother. Is it for like him and, uh, uh, Oh, what's that actor's name? I haven't seen I, it, but I just know that like the whole point of it is like Yeah, I, no, he's a I bad ain't gotta person. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's like the whole thing is he doesn't the like whole his son. Thing is like anyone. Fences as a best buddy picture. It like broke my brain seeing that. AARP putting, is wild.
0: They're putting the dark night and having Joker and Batman be the Yeah. The I mean
1: the Lighthouse. He be killed. Oh, no, like Lighthouse is like oh, I had kids, but they almost Yeah, yeah know, they I do know. also also they almost make out. Good. Um other stuff we have here. Uh at the Alliance of women film journalists, uh, aside from being nominated for Hanks and for its screenplay, it's also nominated for Mariel Heller for Best Woman Director. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a really like airtight lineup because the winner is Celine Chiama for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And then which also so... nominated.
0: You're an Oscars guy. Why was that like not at the Oscars at all? It's because this, this, France didn't, France didn't submit of... it. Oh, and that they just didn't watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, th- that's a thing with a lot of voters where I'm going <laughs> to watch the foreign movies that get shortlisted and nothing else. I'm and like, so even though that movie was huge, would, also you know, Neon. Neon uh, had Parasite, and they campaigned most of their campaign into Parasite, and neon, so they okay. sort of uh, fell by the wayside. But Yeah.
0: with Everyone saying a Portrait is the best thing ever, that they would be like, huh, I should probably check that out. Just, just, for, just for... You, you know. would
1: think, and yet. Uh, but so, Celine Shiyama wins this, uh, this prize, also nominated Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Lulu Wang for The Farewell, and Olivia Wilde I'll for Booksmart, one. which, like, really it was a really great year uh That's for
0: instagram uh, canon
1: yeah i mean like but like even outside <laughs> of those five you had uh like queen and slim and atlantics I, and hustlers I, I, and honey boy, I boy and hustlers like oh, you so, honey, boy, okay.
0: honey, boy, honey boy i love honey boy yeah a lot of great movies really advertising much nowadays yeah
1: <laughs> tough to uh, uh kind to of yeah especially with like everything about how like he made up all of the abuse side of stuff like i, pa- I, didn't, I didn't know that yeah just, just it was a thing that he, the, yeah
0: the persona character thing. yeah but um queen is slim people slept on that one that one was
1: great that's I it's another that. one that i didn't get around to at the time and Are i really need to no one? i still
0: haven't yet oh, oh, i really
1: crazy. need to though it's not like a five but it's, it's great it's good it's good stuff i really yeah liked it. i really, oh, really need to the get theaters.
0: there i supported it i supported it with female filmmakers
1: yeah, I mean, I I did see a lot of these in theaters, but that was one that I missed. Yeah, same. Um, Except for Hustlers. H- Hustlers it. is good. Hustlers is. Really I've been, good. it's I've been meaning to. It's people have yeah. been talking about it. I don't it's, know, I,
0: the, I talk. Yeah.
1: Other nominations that this got, uh, got nominated for contemporary design at the Art Directors Guild and the Costume Design Guild, which I think is is cool. That like. Uh, didn't I, they
0: just I, use the same clothes that he wore?
1: Well, I mean, it does a uh, like getting all the sweat. I don't think they use specifically his, but like they do a good job. Well, yeah, of, but you see the sweater and you're like, yeah, yeah. let's just make that. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a good contemporary design, just sort of generally, especially the art direction. The production design, I think, is really oh, strong. I'm talking, I'm talking about like the costumes. Yeah, right? the costumes are like don't stand the, out as much, but it's like... Just the sweaters that they yeah. wore, yeah. Um, uh, Grammy nominated for best compilation soundtrack. That's cool. Grandma I, I don't remember much of the music either, but uh yeah, I just Grammy remember so. the, oh
0: is when they say soundtrack, does that
1: include the opening credits to I guess so. <laughs> I guess it includes Won't You Be My Neighbor and Because uh,
0: if, if it includes Won't You Be My Neighbor, people yeah. be like, I'm gonna nominate I love that. That's yes. Yeah. That's, that's like with uh Bohemian Rhapsody getting all the nominations like AS hey, Queen, I love Queen, yeah. I love all the Queen songs. Let's nominate Queen for best picture.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to uh very proudly bring up that uh, uh, the Indiana film critics nominated Matthew Reese for best actor and be like, hey, we mm. here in Indiana like actually got it right, but then you look at their nominations and they gave out like 23 nominations for best actor, <laughs> that, they just like all it, yeah. All of the acting categories were like twenty plus nominations. Um, although it did make their best picture lineup with only eleven, so I guess credit to them for that. Uh, I wonder uh, who are the other
0: ten. <laughs> I'm
1: I, I think it's probably just What's most, if not all, of the actual uh, Oscar lineup. But I can pull that up really quick. What do we got here? Okay, the the other best picture nominees at the Indiana Film Journalists Association. Excuse me, uh, were Winner, Marriage Story, other nominees, Parasite, Booksmart, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, Knives Out, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and The Lighthouse. So they they actually did pull out some of the cooler ones. They that's actually Portrait, pretty, they got Lighthouse, pretty solid line, I... they got Knives Out. They did yeah. still put in Joker, uh, but uh, for the most them. part, that's a pretty... Them. they put The Lighthouse in. Yeah, <laughs> aside from Joker and... Give or take a Ford v Ferrari, which is I'm fine. A, I, I don't think it. About... I just
0: like. I don't just, I don't think it deserves any awards. But it's. I like it. It's, yeah. A big part of it might be that I haven't watched Taxi Driver yet, or comedy, the King of Comedy. So I might yeah. factor into it. It could. Know, it could be. I know Scorsese was like involved in pre-production, and he like he would read the script, the Joker script, as uh this guy todd Phillips was working on it so it's not like he just blatantly stole from him like he was yeah it's
1: (laughs) very much inspired by more so than just fully ripping off but yeah uh what else do we have here uh las vegas film critics it's also a a best picture contender i think it's like they did a ranked thing and it made their it was their number 10 of the year uh i usually don't bring up the online film critics group but like this, uh, did uh, oh, along which, with some other nominations, the, the one is. called the Online Film TV Association. Uh, oh. I usually don't bring them up, but they did. Uh, this movie was uh, tied for number two, uh, for best title sequence, uh, tied with Avengers Endgame, uh, runner up to I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't actually write down what one. Wait, title and then...
0: sequence just like. The, the, the avengers logo showing up for like three seconds
1: i guess so i don't know um but then it also is nominated for most cinematic moment for the uh moment of silence the minute of silence uh which it loses to uh the running down the battlefield in 1917 which is oh, I, I, I was i mean, that's pretty cinematic it's no yeah, it's... yeah
0: no i was just fully
1: expecting you to say the the game. <laughs> it, that was a nomination the avengers assemble it was. was nominated but they were i was fully bracing to read that when i scrolled down the page but i was <laughs> like, pleasantly surprised by geez, like
0: oh best title card oh that game okay oh mm-hmm. best cinematic moment
1: yeah okay uh, but, but yeah 1917
0: that was yes. it's
1: a good moment it's, it's uh yes. reasonably iconic from uh yes. the imagery of that movie yeah and there was other stuff too that I didn't write down in terms of precursors, but like those are the ones that were either relevant or interesting or notable in one way or another. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, was the, the really that was the lead up to this.
0: That your department. Yeah,
1: I, I think. You know all this stuff. Yeah, the Hanks nomination was pretty secure, even though I'm and I, I'm going to talk about this in a second. This is on a streak of Hanks. Being in buzzy uh, movies and performances and roles and not getting the nomination. Um, but Inferno. I think. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Larry Crown. Uh, but no, no, he was like pretty solidly in there. I would imagine probably third or fourth. I, I'd imagine above uh, Hopkins. Maybe even also above Pacino. I don't really know. It was hmm. Brad Pitt was so hmm. far, it, like so far ahead of everyone that, like, trying to figure out the placement of everyone else is tough. Uh, but aside okay, from okay. him, who were who the the five? Uh, Brad Pitt won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right, know, yeah. uh, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman, Tom Hanks, and then Anthony Hopkins in Two Popes. Oh.
0: I was expecting. I keep forgetting it's just five.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, like Hanks was solidly in. The screenplay was probably sixth place. I remember early on in the year, this looked like it could be a best picture nomination, but then like,
0: especially before it came out.
1: Yeah, and and then it came out, and people didn't like, quite. It was good. Yeah, like I, I personally gave it a four out of five. Like it's good.
0: Yeah, it's not like it yeah,
1: like yeah. Blow my it, mind! It, it's a very good, pleasant, introspective movie that I think uh, some people might have been underwhelmed by because they were expecting it to be like a traditional by the books oh, I biopic.
0: Watch, I want to watch the Mister Rogers movie. Yeah. Hey, who is this guy?
1: Yeah. I wanna see who's Mr. who's this who's this Lloyd guy? Who's this <laughs> who's Lloyd? Lloyd guy?
0: Yeah. He's so grumpy. I don't want to see a grumpy guy. I want to see Mister Rogers. He's nice. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I a big part of why I liked it. As much as I did, it was because of the whole daddy issues <laughs> angle.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good hook for this story, and it's so thematically relevant to everything about Mister Rogers as a person that like, mm-hmm. it, it makes this movie work.
0: Yeah, and yeah, speaking about that, I remember in the documentary it touches on how Mister Rogers wasn't actually the best father. Like, he wasn't a bad father, but he was like,
1: yeah, and the movie talks about perfect. it too. About about how his sons both had like not strained relationships with him, but like difficult relationships in the way that all complicated. Yeah. All he's all Mr. parents Rogers. and children. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, imagine having Mr. Rogers as your father.
1: Yeah. It was just and I don't know, just there there's a lot going there's on. A lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do wanna talk about the the 18-year stretch between Castaway, uh Tom Hanks's Hold fifth up, nomination that long yes so his his oscar didn't, sort of trajectory his first nomination for like captain phillips no that's what i want to talk about so his first nomination is for big in 1988 i watched uh, that one yeah he, he wins his first oscar for philadelphia in 1993
0: which i missed that's the one movie that i wanted to watch of this that i didn't get to watch because it didn't
1: download in time he's very good in that one he wins his second Oscar the very next year for, for Forrest Gump. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think the fact that those are back-to-back years sort of puts a curse on him for uh, in terms of Oscar for the rest of his career. Because the next year after that is Apollo 13, Best Picture nominee, big Oscar play. He's not even in the conversation for a nomination. Well, to be
0: honest, he, he didn't... Hmm i keep my i watched the Palm 13 for this podcast i gave it a four out of five i really liked it i'm a big yeah, like it's a big good space nerd it's really I like fun it. and that I, I must admit like people throw the allegation of tom hanks being bland and be, just playing himself but the palm 13 that's the one that i like out of all the ones i watched i watched like six seven uh that's the one where i felt like yeah, it's just Tom Hanks I like, Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's a movie
1: star it. performance more so than a performance performance. But like he's good yeah. in that. Uh and not no, even great, yeah. yeah. And then the whole, uh, Houston we have a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, genuinely iconic. Um his next nomination comes for Saving Private Ryan. Saving Ryan, you know. like very close to a best picture win big Oscar movie Hanks. That's Disney. maybe the one that I think uh is the most like not hanks playing hanks but like hanks not stretching especially acting muscles as much yes yeah a uh, year after that he's in the green mile which is best picture nomination nomination for michael clark duncan he doesn't get nominated oh that's the other thing about apollo 13 it gets acting nominations for ed harris and when- kathleen quinlan uh but not for hanks kathleen quinlan was that the wife yes his wife uh who's good but doesn't have a a ton to do She's kind of just supportive wife in that movie, in yeah. a way that a lot of supporting actress nominations can be boiled down like sometimes s- to just supporting support wife. That's yeah, up, yeah.
0: So this in the name. But
1: then, but... two thousand is Castaway, a movie I can almost talk about on my podcast, except it got like a sound nomination. <laughs> uh, along well, with him,
0: apparently. Yeah, I read the trivia for like I watched Castaway and I read the trivia for it. Apparently, like everything on the beach and in the island was ADR. Yeah. They didn't manage to get any. They tried to get audio on the beach, but the waves were just too loud. So everything was ADR. So which no,
1: is did unbelievable.
0: It did it No, it, no, it, no. It
1: was. Um, oh, Lord of the Rings. No. No, no, I, no I, I think, think Crouching one. Tiger. I think Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. I haven't watched that one yet. It's f- the point. like
0: I watched Castaway, and I like like when showing my brother movies and stuff. Like I like to point out, like, hey, like look at this little detail, like like that idea. Like when I was watching Morbius with him. <laughs> Like out of the whole movie, what stuck with me the most was some of the worst ADR I've ever seen. Like Jared <laughs> Harris is like, and like the like his mouth is moving, but entirely different words are coming out. And like the oh, shot of him, like a completely different
1: sentence. <laughs> oh boy! Um, so, but yeah, so Castaway.
0: Yeah, and like I show him still like sometimes, i was like, oh yeah, this is bad ADR. But with Castaway, I like you. I never. Even thought of the yeah. like ADR being a thing, because I was it's, like, oh yeah, they just captured the sound of him hitting the the coconut in complete silence. But no, it there were waves, there was wind, it was loud as hell. They didn't capture any audio; it was all ADR. So, but it just it doesn't cross room because it's it's perfect. Like it, yeah. you
1: never think twice. It's a cool sound nomination for that alone. But like the performance there is it's just him it's just hanks and a volleyball for almost the entire movie and he's so good in it
0: and there's no score i think that's another true i think there's no score until the spoiler alert (laughs) gets off the island (laughs) he gets on the
1: island (laughs) but like just the whole i have created fire and and he sells.
0: I think. I think that scene was. Oh no, never. Mind. The, like that scene was. They. That's the only scene they shot at nighttime. The rest was shot during the day and turned into night.
1: Yeah. but The fire scene was shot at night. Yeah. But like the fact that, like the the emotional climax of the movie is him screaming and apologizing to a volleyball with a face on it, and it. It tracks. It it makes you emotionally. It works as a scene because of Tom Hanks because he is he's ma- he's making it work,
0: and because Wilson had dialogue, uh, but they cut it. Like oh, did a- they? Have- I, I, I he was gonna about have that. dialogue because they did everything
1: EDR. Uh, it was just like in his dialogue. head. It was gonna be like he's hearing a voice. Yeah, that would have been a they, wild, wildly different. Movie. Yeah, they
0: cut it because they wanted to be more grounded. And yeah it shows that he's actually having a conversation with the ball. Yeah.
1: He's <laughs> so good in that. It's he, maybe... It's one of my favorite Tom Hanks was because
0: It was because... I mean, on my Tom Hanks list, uh, Castaway, it's... Well, it's like my second favorite movie of 2000, something like that. And It's, it's a good... It's a really good movie. It's I, I really like it. It's a 4.5 for me. I really liked it. It's my... Oh, I didn't add it to my Tom Hanks Frank list. It's up there. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's good. He's five. really good in
1: it. It's tough. Um, it's
0: Hanks for me so far. It's really yeah. Good. And the uh, and like when he gets back again. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, came out twenty three years ago. Um, when he gets back, you just feel like the like part of it might be you just saw the journey he's been on. But you just see him, and he's just observing things, and he's just like,
1: like when all these things he's at... taken for granted his entire life. Yeah. And now like he's he... the lighter platter the crab legs. The they give him, it's the fact that they give him seafood at his welcome yeah. home from this island thing. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> There's no platter of crab legs after yeah. he like had to
1: just kill them somehow. and eat them on his own.
0: Yeah, and the fire.
1: Cut his yeah. hand, and
0: create, it's like, yeah, and he's like, in like, like, this man didn't
1: actually spend all those years in the island, but you
0: feel like he did, yeah, be,
1: because like <laughs> what the, the, the way it happened is they shot like the first oh, yeah, half they, of the movie and then paused, and Zemeckis went and made uh, what lies beneath, and then they came back after Hanks after had run out his hair after, and lost a bunch of weight. That was his real hair, yeah, that's his real hair. Tom Hanks just looked like, like that for a while, oh, he did. I mean, he would have had to. He, he wasn't cutting it and then growing it back out for uh, for the next day of shooting. But yeah, he's so good in it, and he comes so close
0: to winning. No, but I just imagine him growing it out for a year. Yeah, <laughs> just having that bushy beard and that. Yeah. Hair.
1: You know, you don't see a ton of pictures of him from around that time, but uh, yeah, just I mean, imagine Hank's just looking like, like that.
0: A, probably wore like a hoodie and like a, you know, like a yeah. bandana.
1: But he, he comes so close to winning for that. And if he hadn't already won twice w- like in under ten years from then, like like that was just six and seven years prior. What were like, the other nominees that year? So the winner is Russell Crowe and Gladiator, which is the best picture year. winner. Uh mm-hmm. other nominees, uh Ed Harris and Pollock, which he's good in. Um uh, Javier. Yeah, uh Javier Bardem in before Night Falls, which is a movie i haven't seen but i'll be doing eventually on this podcast mm-hmm. and jeffrey rush in quills where he plays uh the marquis de Sade, which i've heard is kind of a wild movie and performance but like hanks there's a, a big narrative there all the physical stuff all the fact that like it's just him on this movie that like made a ton of money uh and was very popular and in the culture uh so will everyone at Wilson yeah, yeah I'm sorry like <laughs> will Wilson is one of the more iconic characters of the past 25 years and it's a volleyball a yeah He's it's a just ball. a ball um yeah. and and Hanks uh ends up not winning that one and then it's 18 years of just oh, like yeah. I swore he was no, Captain Phillips him. he got nominated like everywhere except the Oscar
0: which is oh, what thing. What got nominated instead who, who got nominated
1: instead you know? uh christian bale in american hustle was like the the one that had missed a bunch of those places and then ends up with the oscar nomination huh. but, so like going chronologically uh, yeah
0: snappo babies they were yeah awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah uh going chronologically in terms of like not just big movies and big roles but like big movies in big roles that got Oscar nominations for other actors. In 2002, he's in Road to Perdition. He's the lead of Road to Perdition, which gets the nomination for Paul Newman. And Wasn't he's that a- 2007? No, that's a Charlie Wilson's War. Road oh. to Perdition is uh, 2002. Uh, that, know, that same year, he's also in Catch Me If You Can, which gets a nomination for right. Christopher Walken. 2007 is Charlie Wilson's War, which gets a nomination for Philip Seymour Hoffman. 2010 is Toy Story 3, just as an asterisk, which is a Best Picture nomination. But I mean, he's, he's not going to get nominated for acting for Toy no, for Story. It, um, 2011, he's in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is a Best Picture nominee and a nomination for Max von Sydow. Uh 2013, he's in Captain Phillips, which gets nominated for Barakad Abdi. Hanks gets nominated for like the Globe and the BAFTA and SAG and Critics' Choice and misses so out on the Oscar the, nomination. So Every all precursor. The yeah, oh, and what happened. it's just a truly, oh, no, I do not know. Um, Wait, so it was Bale, and like, which were the other four? Uh, Matthew McConaughey for uh Dallas Spiders Club is the winner. DiCaprio okay. in Wolf of Wall Street, a four in 12 Years a Slave, and uh, Bruce yeah. Dern in Nebraska. Who is uh-huh. he- the alexander payne movie it's a oh, movie know, that like i know the yeah. movie but like, i remember i was what
0: 13 14 i was like because like that's how i got my start as like being like a cinephile taking movies as art seriously start fast yeah. whatever is like oh oscars oh nebraska got nominated for a bunch of stuff let's watch it as a 13 14 year old <laughs> yeah this is not...
1: boring as hell <laughs> yeah yeah that movie is not for a uh a adolescent 40-year-old. cinephiles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I watched um,
0: of it and nothing happened. I don't like it's just seeing train tracks in black and white. That's what I yeah. remember.
1: And then also that same year, uh he didn't get as much traction for it, but Saving Mr. Banks, he is playing Walt Disney in that.
0: Disney, yeah. That's, and, that's Yeah, I was expecting you to bring that up because with the whole him playing like real characters thing, it's like, oh, he's playing these like America's icons. Like he's
1: playing Tom, Mr. Rogers, he's playing Walt Disney. He's playing uh, Sully in Sully. Sully, yes, yeah, Sully. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Who is uh, real? Uh, Twenty fifteen oh. is Bridge of Spies, which he's the lead of. Wins Mark Rylance, his supporting actor, Oscar. Uh, but Hank, what, is what is nowhere Hank's to be even do?
0: And I watched Bridge of Spies. I liked it, but I don't remember. Like, was he was just Tom Hanks. Wasn't I it? haven't
1: seen. It, he has a yeah. cold, right? That's the whole thing. Is that he has a cold in that movie? That's like the thing Hanks is doing. I don't know. I'll oh, watch it. Soon.
0: Oh, the, the yeah. Antonio Banderas and Fan and Glory* thing. Yeah, he's just
1: coughing uh, his lungs out. as
0: I can't even. Rem- I can't remember *British Spy* yeah. most. Like I just remember the like the spy stuff, not the Tom Hanks
1: stuff. Yeah, but he is ostensibly the the lead. And then 2017, *The Post* gets a nomination from Meryl Streep. Hanks is in the conversation. Uh, like you, right. he, he probably. I don't think he was like sixth or seventh, but he was like in the conversation, I, playing I a role that I do not
0: remember. Well, I mean, I fell asleep in the like. I'm, I say this all the time: the post is some of the best sleep I've ever gotten. In the theater. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Like, the, like the the AC was all nice. The there, were, I was in the AMC
1: reclinable chairs. So <laughs> some of the best. It's sleep just I've com- comfy Spielberg sleep
0: because yeah, when you. No, because when you, you know how you like you try to stay
1: up and that makes you fall asleep. Even? Oh, I've definitely had that. I've had that in, uh, not as much in the theater, but like watching at home, I have definitely no, fallen I subject. The post, I was like,
0: this is Steven Spielberg. This is Oscar stuff. This is Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. I have to respect them. And I just couldn't stay up. <laughs> just...
1: Yeah, it's not yeah.
0: very accelerating. If you watch it, you probably will because you're the Oscars guy. Don't go in sleepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but then. Uh, then this movie finally breaks the streak, uh, which some, like uh, yeah, a right. lot of that happened this year at the Oscars because Pacino hadn't been nominated since 1992. Uh, Joe Pesci hadn't been nominated. He's busy since doing 90- Jack and Jill. Yeah. Pesci hadn't been nominated since 1990. Hopkins hadn't been nominated since 1997. Uh, Kathy Bates in supporting actors hadn't been nominated since 2002. Uh, I th- those are like the big wow stretches. But like uh
0: I guess, I guess I'm so blind to like the the 2000s era or the like the artist era yeah. of Oscars yeah. that I'm yeah. like I just I just assumed they would get nominated in all those years.
1: Yeah, you you would because like all of them all of those actors had some movies in between that you would assume Maybe they did, but uh but it's, they didn't it's not like
0: Meryl Street like they'll just nominate him for like the sake of nominating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. It, it's it's one of those things that it just doesn't happen sometimes. You you get long stretches where great respected actors just go completely uh, ignored. And yeah. has, but has like that hasn't
0: Meryl Street he- has Meryl Stre- been nominated like twenty
1: six times? something crazy like that? twenty-one, I think, is the Jesus. current number, but it's all, yeah, that's still a lot. That's still like like almost twenty three. <laughs> yeah, that's almost a full ten movies more than the next person on the list of, of like, most know, Like
0: I'm twenty three. Like that's a that's older than like the amount of Oscars that she's been nominated for is like older. Almost than yeah. That like can drink and vote and like have a car and are yeah,
1: nice. yeah. Um, but then also like in it's it's just. Tom Hanks is like one of the biggest movie stars in America and one of the most respected actors in America. America specifically, yeah. He's a an Yes. And he's in all these movies that are getting Oscar attention. And it's so strange that he couldn't get arrested for any of them until this movie, 19 years after Castaway. They just really got tired crazy, of him.
0: It is crazy that he went that long.
1: Yeah. It's just I I don't know. I don't. Know. Sometimes it just happens, but it's 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 a very weird streak when you look at the movies that were there and that, like Captain Phillips being the big glaring one. Like, yeah, how did he I, miss I that? Con-
0: I was convinced that he was. I mean, hey,
1: Bruce Dern, what you what can you do? Yeah, or Christian like Christian Bale is not good at American Hustle. Yeah, at I all,
0: like, I haven't watched it. I just know he plays a fat guy.
1: Yeah, he's it's it's just another Christian Bale body transformation nomination like that. That's about
0: for, it for Dick Cheney. Like I was convinced that like I when, I remember with Vice, that's another one where, where I was kind of uh, like at, at parts I would drift in and out. And I remember at one time I I I, I like woke up from like a small drift in sleep. Yeah, and I, I woke up to to Dick Cheney looking at the camera talking to me. <laughs> Like for like ten minutes straight. Oh, that's I I, jarring. I thought I was experiencing sleep paralysis. I was like, "Why is Dick Cheney staring into my soul and looking <laughs> at me?" I didn't it's, see Christian Bale. I thought that was Dick Cheney talking to me.
1: That's like the uh, the antithesis of the part in this movie where Tom Hanks looks into the camera <laughs> yeah, and like, it's the oh, warmth person. the warmth yeah. of Mister Rogers looking into your soul versus the the Dick ice Cheney. cold <laughs> Dick Cheney like berating you for for uh, hating his politics. Yeah, god I was, that...
0: like, I was in like the second row as well. Oh so
1: I was, no. I was like Oh no. I was like
0: Quentin <laughs> at the end of jaws like ah. <laughs> It's
1: terrifying. Oh my god. Oh that's yeah. that's hilarious. Oh what else is there really to say? Like like I said it was kind of really only in the conversation for hanks and screenplay and even though it has other really good parts like i think it's
0: it was 2019
1: like i can't yeah (laughs) there's there's not a a lot of room to breathe with all of the heavy hitters and all of the big movies yeah Yeah. i'm just glad the movie got the nomination it got because i think it's a very good movie i think hanks is very good in it and i think it's a very well-deserved nomination uh and i think if if that's all we have to say about some oscar stuff we can move on to our closing thoughts so in your fantasy oh, world then. i actually don't remember what time we started recording so uh, something, I, like, I have something like that. yeah something around there um but so anyway so in your fantasy world where you get to pick all of the nominations what nominations would you have given to a beautiful day in the neighborhood
0: I'm gonna have to check what the nominations even are. Hold on. I haven't paid <laughs> attention to Oscar stuff in a while. I just blog it out.
1: Yeah. So. Stronger than I.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like your whole thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a it's hard. a love it's a love-hate situation. You gotta hate the Oscars in order to love the Oscars.
0: Yeah, I remember yeah, I remember last year. I was like I was, when it was about to start i was like like i hate this I, like why am i like i hate this ceremony why am i getting why am i excited for it and they that's, were like
1: welcome to the club <laughs> it's like yeah here's your cinephile card and congratulate yeah, that's how it is Yeah, you, you've they're they're so off. they're significantly oh more wrong God. than they are right I can't and believe- yeah
0: I completely forgot Coda one. They really gave it to Coda, huh?
1: Yeah, they really did give it to Coda, didn't they? I still can't
0: believe they did. <laughs> oh,
1: we're well, not mm-hmm. even a year mm-hmm. out from the Coda win and yet. I I keep
0: I I refuse to uh, believe it. I'm still in still denial. I still uh, Roma won in twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll Roma one. Yeah, Roma won that's, yeah, that's Roma one, Power man. of the Dog one. Yeah uh, exactly the revisionism is uh it helps you sleep at night it does yeah I mean, so, uh, okay, so the
0: so the categories i would not nominate it for best picture because it's 2019 yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's a movie
1: stars. i really like that like i still don't think would make my top 10 Actually, and that's no slight even, against the movie
0: or even is a beautiful okay it's hold on i don't have this in order wait in my twenty nineteen ranked list, it is in my found. It's in my fortieth uh, place, and it's before. And if I, like it's not like
1: it's good. Yeah, it's just a really strong year for movies. It's such a strong year. Like yeah. like yeah, like So many just like all like I mean not all timer because you know we're still only like three four years removed, not, but like nah, so for many
0: me not, for me it's an all timer because yeah. I I I. I I I wasn't born. I started existing in 2015. So anything before that, I don't remember. So with 2019, my top nine are fives from from 10 to 33 or 4.5s, and then the force start. So at, like out of the four out of
1: fives, uh, "Beautiful Day" in the neighborhood is pretty high. At 40. Yeah, very good movie. Very good year for movies.
0: Yeah it's it's below climax it's very wholesome
1: as well oh climax is so good though it's very very wholesome
0: very very a wild double feature but
1: man i love that movie um uh, while you're looking through that i'll probably go ahead and say like yeah hank's nomination worthy chris cooper also nomination worthy i i don't know if they if either of them make my top five specifically but like they're both really strong and I wouldn't uh, shake my head at either of a nomin either of those nominations. And then it's no. also a really strong screenplay in a really weak year overall for adapted screenplays that like, I think this is pretty easily in a top five adapted screenplays for me of 2019.
0: I don't know which ones were the adapted uh, yeah. nominees.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, aside from those two, I don't know if there's really any other categories I would consider it in. Matthew Reese is good, but I don't think he's quite nomination worthy. And other yeah. than that, like it's it's good work in, in the production design and the score and the uh, editing and all that. But it's subtle That's work. The thing, though. It's like
0: like many 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 goop movies are excellent, they are just not like. If they're not even an oscar yeah.
1: <laughs> yes yeah especially in a year like this like we keep saying in 2019 yeah yeah,
0: yeah like, uh, I'm, like i'm actually i remember back when the like back in the day in the, in that time period i was like oh like if like if i had to pick someone to kick out of the best supporting actor in lieu of willem defoe I'd probably go with either like Hanks or Hon- or Hopkins.
1: Yeah, like, I I'd say Sean
0: Pesci, You can't kick them out.
1: They're both so good. Yeah, I'd probably say Hopkins he, or maybe Pitt. I think Hanks is giving a better performance than Brad Pitt is because I don't think Brad Pitt is stretching all that Brad Pitt's much. It's not really.
0: He's, he's just being him. He's yeah, just being cool. He's a yeah. cool guy. That's, yeah. Uh, and but in terms of like, oh, like he's like, he was obviously going to win, but like I would have like oh yeah like in my fantasy okay um yeah i don't know let me check turn 19 again uh okay oh last black man in san francisco uh jonathan majors i do love him in that
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, have any other nominations for beautiful day in the neighborhood any anything uh
0: I would not give it best picture, best director. Not, I mean, it's it's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Adapted screenplay, probably. I mean, over Joker, I guess. I don't know what the other options are. Yeah. And
1: uh, is there much else about it? Original yeah. Score that... original song? There wasn't an original song, was there? I don't think so. I, I I the score for this, I I remember noting a few times throughout, but I didn't really.
0: Yeah, but it was like I would put at score instead. God,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> a good that's a good pull. If you were um, able to but
0: apparently because you couldn't because it had like a an existing track.
1: Yeah, they used the the Max Richter piece, I think yeah. was in that one as well. Um but yeah, I think that'll probably do it for this uh this conversation this episode. I had a lot of fun talking to you about this movie. This oh, yeah. was a really uh in-depth conversation in ways that like I got at uh uh interpretations that i hadn't really considered about the movie until we started talking which is always fun when that happens but uh thank you so much for coming on this was this was a good one a good way to start the year
0: thank you oh yeah i was your first guest for the year
1: Yeah. yeah yeah nice i feel honored yes absolutely uh do you have anything you want to plug anywhere people can find you and your stuff my i have instagram and letterboxd uh my
0: instagram is uh, Caco punto I said the Spanish one. Caco. <laughs> <dot Rieta. laughs> Caco dot C A C O think you would just write it down in the description or something. Yeah. yeah. In my letterbox. I don't even know what my letterbox. I think it's the same thing. I don't know. My letterbox link is in my Instagram, so if you want to find me there, right yeah, on Instagram, I post posts. That's what you post yeah. posts i post Uh, lists reviews uh director filmographies ranked and i put a lot of effort into them so it's like it's not really a quantity thing but more of a quality thing like i put a lot of effort into my latest post a nick cage post i worked all month on it so i did a a nick cage marathon and a tom hanks marathon
1: hell yeah so i have to do that yeah hell yeah you can find this show on Twitter and Letterboxd at Lone Acting Noms and on Instagram at The Lone Acting Nominees. That'll be it for this episode. Thank you for listening.